0: So welcome again to a wonderful show. Stay tuned. I can't wait for you to meet the guests that I have today. I think I better take a sip. Mmm, Always good to start the show. Listen up. Everybody keeps telling me, Valerie, no one knows what you do. So bear with me. (laughs) I have a leadership development firm I've had for over 25 years. What I can say really quickly is I work with leaders to help them know their brand and their presence, show their brand and their presence, and grow their brand and their presence. Isn't that simple? That's all I'm going to say about me. Next, I'm going to tell you about my sponsor, Gems of Jaipur. I am wearing beautiful pearls, and here's a lovely bracelet from them. And I think this is just fun. They are, uh, I would say, a mission and a jewelry company with a purpose. Tina Jacobson started this when she went over to India on business. And she saw the leper colony there and just her heart went totally changed from business to now. Here's what she does. She has a mission. They bring jewelry back from Jaipur, which is the world's renowned jewel capital of the world where the crown jewels were made. And she sells them here and 100% of the profit goes to the missions over in India. She does have a special going on right now. You'll see on the screen if you will go to her site and when you make the purchase, just put in the code name Valerie and you'll get 25% off. Now let's start the show. I have with me today a young woman that I just um, she's just a light in this world. She's a young woman who's already a world changer. She in her young years has already presented a legacy in her own right but that's what she does for a living. I got to thinking about Katie Norris as I wrote this script and thought about what questions I would ask her, and some brand attributes came to my mind. I thought, you know, if I didn't know her, but I just know her story, I would say some of her brands are things like Challenger, Risk-Taker, Love, Giving, and I could go on and on. Katie founded Philanthropy, Photolanthropy, which is a nonprofit, and I'm not going to tell you much more about it because this show needs to be totally Katie telling about what she's doing. Let's meet this dynamic woman, Katie. Welcome. Thank you, it's so nice to be here today. I am so honored that mm-hmm. you're here. You have such an incredible story. Would you just start from the beginning of how this happened from loving photography to now being pretty world famous? Oh,
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's been an incredible journey, nearly 11 years in the making. Um, but I started a photography business and I've always loved photography. This was 11 years ago and i quickly realized i was doing my passion as my career and um, as a photographer i just never wanted the passion of capturing people um, to be hindered i always wanted to protect that Hmm. and so my husband gave me good wisdom after sharing that with him and he said why don't you go look at nonprofits that you could be a part of you know maybe you could go serve and that would just keep that passion intact Hmm. I thought that's a great idea. Interesting. So um, he went off to work. I was um, working at my home office at the time and I started looking and there was a lot of wonderful opportunities, but I just wasn't feeling drawn to one for me. And uh, that's when I had the, the wild idea. Um, what if I started my own nonprofit? And That's
0: not easy, yes. Katie. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. But yes. Going from having a passion for
1: photography uh-huh. and doing
0: that, and now you're going to start a nonprofit.
1: Yep. And I will will say, I come from a family of people um, that are business owners. My husband is very entrepreneurial, so I think I had a little bit of risk in me um, that made me just not think that was a, a scary thing to take on. And what I was wanting though, I just kept thinking, if I'm going to go capture faces, lives, I want to do it in a way where we can capture these people that are facing so much. And what if we also included film? What if we combined photography and film and how we can capture people? It was a pretty, felt like a very divine moment. I'll never forget that day, just looking at that computer and everything was coming so easily. It was just flowing like water. And, um, when my husband got home, um, this was a really defining moment in my life. Um, his response probably would be the direction for the next 10 years of my life. And I just said, he said, so which one are you going to sign up for? And I said, I think I want to start my own. And right there, he could have said, Katie, that's -hmm. a big dream, you know? And instead he just said, that's awesome. And he sat down and he said, tell me everything. And he was on board. And I think, you know, it's a big gift to give someone um, the belief in themselves and their vision. But I think he also knew that inside I would have the fight in me to get it done. Um, and that's all I needed. I just needed his encouragement. And, you know, I was in my my 20s at the time. Here I am in a young Dallas photographer who might've start such a thing. So I had this dream. We came up with the word photolanthropy. It all came together quickly, and I just needed the courage to start. And that's when everything changed. Um, Hmm. Him and I were discussing it a few weeks later, and I just said, Reese, I've got to get this photolanthropy thing. I either need to start or I need to get it off my mind because it is consuming my thoughts. And it just was this festering dream that was getting bigger every day. And what was so neat is... um, I received a phone call out of the blue, an unknown number, and it was a mom, and she was crying so hard I could barely understand her, and she said, you don't know me, my name is Kara, and someone said you could help me, huh. and, uh, and she said, my son is 8 months old, his name is James, and he was just diagnosed with a brain tumor, and I you know, wasn't a mom at the time It's hard for me to breathe thinking about um, what that must have been like for her to even speak those words. I found out later I was one of the first phone calls because what she wanted was he had the most beautiful hair and she really wanted to have a photographer come in and capture portraits of him before he went through chemo. And I was sitting at my desk and this was such an anchor in my life But I just remember saying... Yes. And we will be there. And here's what else I want to do for you. I want to donate this. I'm going to bring a filmmaker. We want to film you and James. We're going to do all these things for you. And she just wept and, um, and just out of gratitude. And, um, and that's when I just knew, you know, I felt very lucky and fortunate, especially in this 10 year journey that, people hope for a calling in their life, but I got a phone call that changed mine. And I just remember sitting there kind of looking up and I I kind of verbally just said, got it, got it. Wow. And um, that phone call led me on a journey I would have never dreamed for myself. Um, And I'm I'm just so thankful to have that anchor um, of the the call for my life was on that day in 2011, so.
0: I said to my producer, I hope I don't cry because now we're going to get into some other things. Mm -hmm. But before I do, to lighten it up just a second, I want to ask you some silly questions. (laughs) Sure. Okay, Katie, what's the silliest thing you've ever
1: done? It's really embarrassing, but the first thing that comes to mind is I wrecked the driver's ed car in that hilarious. How old were you then? I was 16. Oh. I came home and my dad said, Did you get it out of your system? I said, Yes, sir. And so that was pretty funny. It was so I always laugh now when I think about that.
0: <laughs> okay. What is the most indulging
1: food you would eat? Oh, I would love some sushi, uh, I'm expecting, and so that is off the table right now, so I do look forward to getting some sushi. Doesn't go with being pregnant. Yep, so I I do enjoy that, so I'm I'm looking forward to that uh, next spring, that'll be fun.
0: (laughs) And I have to tell the audience, this is your third child, Uh here you have this business, we'll get into in much uh, deeper uh, information here, five years old, two and a half, and expecting, Mm -hmm. and doing this world-famous photolanthropy work. That's amazing. (laughs) All right. One more question. If you could meet anybody in the world that you haven't met, who would it be?
1: Oh, you know, I would say Billy Graham, just Mm. to see what a bold pioneer he was. So fearless. I think it would be an incredible gift to have a conversation with someone like him. Wouldn't that
0: yeah. I'd have lots of questions for him, for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. So Reese, your husband, encouraged you to go into nonprofit. And Katie, you already had a heart that would mm-hmm. lead toward now the mission that you are, uh, are putting out to the world with your films. Tell us about the films that you have made famous, because many of our listeners
1: probably have seen them. Mm. So... Oh, well, um, I look at my journey just with little markers and the next big marker after meeting Kara, um, you know, we got to start serving families and we started the work of photolanthropy. And then one day a, um, photo came across my computer, I think on Facebook huh. and it was of a wounded warrior named Travis Mills who had no arms and legs. One of five quadruple amputees in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I almost fell out of my chair when I saw him because he at the time didn't have any of his prosthetics on, but he had this huge smile on his face. And for anyone that knows Travis Mills, um, I encourage anyone to go follow him at SSG Travis Mills because he is he is infectious. He's just so full of life. I had to know who he was, and um, I called him up, and I said, Hi, you know, my name's Katie. I have a film company out of Texas, and we'd love to come serve you and share your story. Now, where does he live? At the time, he was at Fort Bragg um, after his recovery at Walter Reed. So he had just Mm -hmm.
0: had this happen. Yep. Now, go back just a second. Tell tell me, how did this picture come across your computer? I
1: think I was just on Facebook, and he just... Popped into my life. Travis Mills did. Another uh-huh. pop up. Yep. And it, I get emotional when I think about that to think of the relationship we have mm. with Travis now and um, for the way we got to serve the veteran and military community. But um, I said, he said, Great, can you be here next week? And without the funds raised or anything, I said, yes. And we, our team hopped on a plane to Fort Bragg. We stayed in the worst, scariest hotels because we (laughs) had just no time to raise the funds. But I knew I've got to meet this guy. And what was so extraordinary is we were one of the first to really interview him. So he was, this was all just so fresh in his processing of what has happened to him and his wife and his six-month-old daughter, Chloe, at the time. And at the time, we were just doing what we did at Photolanthropy, a short film, a portrait session, which was a big gift. But as I was interviewing him, I just kept thinking, and what was pressed on my heart is, what's my all? What are my arms and legs for Travis? Um, and what, is, what would that look like in a gift to him, our Photolanthropy gift to him? And um, that's my poor husband, because I just keep coming home with big ideas. Um, we came home from that trip. And um, the director I was working with said, this could be a full documentary. It has all the aspects. What a vision. And um, that's when we decided to give that to Travis. With the goal in mind, truly, was how amazing would it be to make his full story and to gather people and hopefully give him a standing ovation for all that he has done for us. And that was my vision. Like, I just had this this dream of seeing people on their feet for Travis, a quadruple amputee. And so we fought so hard. We raised funds on Kickstarter and through support and wonderful kind sponsors, made this film, had that night for Travis. It was one of the best, most rewarding nights of my life. Grown men just weeping on their feet for Travis. Travis was crying. And, And that was just an incredible dream come to life. And then the next day, the phone started ringing off the hook Hmm. and we want to bring Travis, a soldier story to our theater. Uh, we want to bring your whole team. We want to bring Travis. We want to line the red carpet with servicemen and women and honor our our military. And it, it became a year long, um, exciting journey of just honoring our veterans and military and letting them experience someone like Travis's story. And, um, because of Travis, now we make full feature documentaries. Uh, which is amazing so
0: that's more than amazing that's that's um
1: called a god thing it was it was and they've become dear friends and family i'm so proud of travis Mm -hmm. we helped him get his foundation started he's written a best-selling book um he's just doing amazing things speaking all over the country and it's so fun to know that um because we had the, the gift of photoanthropy to him just to tell his story to see what he's doing now uh, which is one of the most rewarding parts of our our job that's that's um...
0: Pretty incredible Mm. how it happened, and now he's all over the country, you're
1: all over the country. Mm. Where is it being shown now, on Netflix, and where? Sure. So that film was one of our first, so it was on Netflix uh, for a few years, and also um, Apple TV and Prime, and it's also on that website, Mm travisthemovie.com, for anyone that wants to see it. So.
0: So that obviously fueled you. You knew you had something really special mm. that started in your heart. Mm. What happened next?
1: Yeah, I remember being at that red carpet premiere, watching Travis and just a, a sense of a peace and a reminder because that was a very hard journey to get that made. But I just remember feeling that this is what I was made for. This ah. is what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And it was just very clear. And I'm thankful for those moments just to keep me going. And I I looked around for the next person we could serve. And I knew who that person was in my heart quickly. Um, A man named John Payne, um, someone out of Dallas, Texas, a successful businessman, a father of four, who was diagnosed with ALS. And um, something about that whole idea of someone just like that, a tingle in his arm. His world changed. and How old was he? He was in his late 40s, mm-hmm. and um, he lived with this disease for 20 years. We lost him this spring, and um, conversations with John Payne were the most extraordinary conversations I will ever have. Um, just a man of faith and someone who's been given such a challenging way of life and just still being able to live with such beautiful perspective, faith, compassion, Um, philanthropy. Um, And we got to serve John and um, had a red carpet premiere of 800 of um, his closest friends and family that came from all over the country to come honor him. And it was a a really beautiful night. Um, That film now is on Pure Flix and Igniter Media. And um, that was a a wonderful passion project for me that I learned so much from. Um, What did you learn? John really taught me when you're, um, you know, it's something that he taught me that I quickly needed after um, that film, which I didn't know was coming. He said, when you're suffering and when you're hurting, um, to help keep you going, go serve somebody else. Uh. And that that was the way of life he had. And after filming his project, um, me and my husband suffered a miscarriage that was really unexpected. Uh And I, the first thing that I thought about it was what John told me, um, when you're suffering, go serve somebody else. And so, you know, I let myself mourn and let myself have that time, but I knew I needed to raise my head up again so that I can keep, I could go through that mountain and see what was on the other side. And, um, that's when I came across a story of, of a young man named Chris Norton. And I knew that, It was a personal challenge to me. I thought I can either stay in this sadness or I can continue and study someone that has been faced with so much, yet lives with such an incredible attitude. I knew for me it would be a really interesting perspective from um, a producer's mindset to to make a film uh, coming from a place of pain. And um, Chris's story is amazing. He... um, What's the name of it, Katie? It's called Seven Yards, mm-hmm. uh, the Chris Norton story, which um, most people know now. It's on Netflix, and uh, and I'll, I'll get to that later. But i um, just so thankful in this pandemic to be able to to put out a film such as Chris's. And you put all, it out when? Um, it came out in February of uh, 2021. So um, it's just been out six months. Mm-hmm. And um, But Chris... Was paralyzed at, at a college football game, D three college football game. Just truly playing for the love of the game. Um, was paralyzed from the neck down. Told he would never move again. Just a three percent chance. And ever, I mean, ever move anything? Yes. Right. I mean, so just just like that one hit, life is different <sighs> forever. And um, he made a decision in the MRI at that in, in that evening that he was going to find hope in that 3% he was going to cling onto it tight. And that's what he focused on. And I don't want to give away too much uh, for anyone that wants to see the film, but um, a lot of people know Chris because for four years, he had the goal to walk across the graduation stage, finish college and and walk to receive his diploma. He trained four to five hours every single day for four years four, four years. years. I mean, this guy's grit, drive, perseverance is awe inspiring. And that's where I was just so drawn to him because when you see him in, you know, a four year dream and the physical toll that he took when he stands up and he has um, his fiance by his side you see this fight in the sky's eyes, it'll bring you to tears. It's the most beautiful thing just to see someone fight so hard. And when I saw that fight in his eyes, I just had to know him and I called him and I said, what's your next goal? Um, We're a filmmaking company out of Dallas. And he said, I wanna walk my bride down the aisle side by side. He said, it's gonna take me a few years to be able to do that physically. Uh And, And they just have an amazing story that I don't want to give away. Um, <laughs> and it, it was an incredible honor to serve Chris um, and learn so much from him about Grit and Drive. And um, it's been just incredible to see the the way people are walking away from this film mm. and that is it is on Netflix, just the biggest platform there is. And, you know, we're getting to intersect with people's lives and serve them when we're all faced so much these past two years with yes. these challenges and um, so the timing of it has been really fortunate um, and it's it's just been an honor to serve it almost personally feels like we did our part in serving the country and and bringing out something good a story of hope and overcoming
0: katie i'm thinking about just what goes on so minimally compared to what you have to do in production <laughs> what we have to do here in production with the people that are involved. Take Mm. us behind the scenes on any of those. And audience, I've seen them all, and you will want to see them all. They're incredibly inspiring. But what goes on physically with you and your crew? (laughs) I don't even
1: know how many you have as a Mm. crew. That's a a great question. We always joke there could be a a making of the making of these movies, because, um, you know, we've in some, in many ways, because we were getting our start, we were limited with funds. Um, you know, each film gets bigger. We secure more sponsors, but you have to get started and you Mm -hmm. have to prove yourself, which means we move mountains with little. And I work with the most incredibly gifted and servant hearted talent, um, to where, we would do anything to get these films done. Um, I've never worked with a, a harder working group of people. Um, but, I mean, there's story after story. Um, you know, my team of um, filmmakers, five guys, would share one hotel room every night. And they'd just be covered in, you know, all the gear, transferring files, um, you know, we made a lot of sacrifices. How did him. you even find them or how did they find you? Yeah. Well, well the director of Seven Yards, uh, funny enough, I met him on a party bus when we were shooting a wedding for Andy Dalton, the, the quarterback now, uh-huh. um, well, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so that was a pretty funny moment. But I just we, I've met these people just throughout our journey. And um, but there's a lot of sacrifice, but there's a lot of heart, too. And there's a, a lot of hilarious stories. Um, Give us one hilarious story. Oh, gosh. Um, our cinematographer, David White, when we were shooting, um, oh, my goodness, when we were shooting Seven Yards, it was in Florida, and he's got very fair skin. And when we are shooting this outdoor wedding, he forgot to put sunscreen on. Uh-oh. And he got what's called a hell's rash. And he was completely, his body felt like he was on fire Uh. and, um, people magazine reached out to us and they wanted to have the first reveal of, um, the wedding, which was a great opportunity to partner with people. And so we knew we'd had to pull an all nighter to pull some clips and some photos. And here he is, bless his heart with this rash (laughs) on fire. Uh You know, anyone else would have gone to the hospital or just taken, said, I can't do it. And he pushed through because wow. he knew how important that was for Chris. And um, it was, I, I just love him for that. Um, but there's been a lot of funny stories like that. Um, there's been emotional times behind the scenes. You know, one of our um, kind of our hallmarks of our films um, is we like to bring the viewer to where the person started um, at their lowest point. And this all started with Travis, the soldier's story. We wanted them to understand what it was like right when he got hit and uh-huh. he lost both arms and legs and that reality. Um so our director wanted to reenact that. I wondered about that, mm-hmm. Katie. Yeah. Tell it, keep going. And that was, I didn't know how I felt about it at first, just uh-huh. not wanting to ask Travis to relive that or his wife or a lot, a lot for the combat medics that were with him. And we all talked about it, and we said we could do it in two takes. That's all our director would get, because it was so, raw. so raw. Mm. I mean, it just happened not even a year ago. And these guys came in, and they did it for Travis. And it was such a gift for the viewer, because they have, you know, we could never reenact truly what that looked like. It
0: looked like it. You know, it but feel.
1: we got to... Um, Let the viewer go to his his lowest point Mm -hmm. and then they got to see the full journey of him you know even running on prosthetic legs and um that was such a gift that our um families that we get to serve will do that we also reenacted chris's injury um when he was tackled and was paralyzed forever so um those are really neat moments on set and we usually start with those scenes um, so that that trust level is built on our set. Uh-huh. Um, and they know that we have their best interest at heart and that we serve them with compassion. And that's what's just a beautiful thing. I, I think people are seeing that in our films. They see a trust in our um, subject's eyes. That they sure. trust that we're telling their story for what it is. And and we're just there to serve them and help share their story. So, And, and watching our filmmaker figure out the bomb for that. Uh, scene yes. was really funny because I just yes. said, okay, we're all leaving. Please, please be safe. And so we all left and left our director and filmmaker with, you know, a bomb. It was pretty funny. So there's been a lot of hilarious moments behind the scene. We need to, we need to make a reel of it one day. So
0: I hope you're writing 10 books. <laughs> we could.
1: <laughs> we really could.
0: So. How's this affecting you and Reese and the two children, soon to be three. Mm. What's it like at your house
1: oh. when you're in the middle of something that huge? <laughs> it's busy. I and um, But, you know, him and I have always been entrepreneurial and we want to live full out. We want to follow what we feel like we've been called to. So I couldn't be here without him and his drive. He inspires me each day and, you know, having um, our own journey to to be able to have these children was kind of our own story. And so we're just trying to savor each bit of it and make good choices. Um, Now that we have a third, it has forced me to uh, grow my team. And I'm really excited about that Um, and, and making our team bigger so we can, you know, do more, do more films do more projects and uh, because a lot of the times just leading this a lot of it fell on me and and that was a lot you know trying to be the best mother I could and make these movies and so um at the the, balanced life yes yes wrong (laughs) yes and so just learning all of that Um. and um during the filming of Seven Yards, I was pregnant with my son. And so I laughed. I was like, I'm kind of pregnant with two babies, Seven Yards yes. in Redmond. And um, so in a lot of ways, the kids have given me the gift of um, forcing me to make the best choices, find balance, because I don't want to look back and know that I missed them. And um, But on the hard days that I think, gosh, was I too busy today, my husband will remind me. You know they're so proud their mommy makes movies, and they're going to always be able to see your movies, and mm-hmm. they're going to have that legacy, and and that's really sweet to have, um, you know, knowing that they'll be able to actually see the work. Um, well, and the they're and they're seeing it. What about the five year old,
0: your little girl? Mm-hmm. Right, um, has she had any moments where she? maybe got confused or said, mommy, what's going on? Or what, what was going on in
1: a five-year-old's head? <laughs> well, the honest answer is when, um, you know, there was a season for about six months, we were just trying to figure out what platform the film was going on. So when I finally told her, um, Rose, Netflix called and they want the movie. She goes, does this mean we're going to get a baby sister? Because <laughs> she... <laughs> That was her, like, when mommy's done, maybe I'll get my dream of a baby sister, which is pretty funny because here we are with, the baby with a baby sister. With a baby sister. But she, you know, it's pretty cool when we got to show her, there's mommy's movie on Netflix. She's like, you know, what? Wow. You know, so she's still young enough, but she knows. Um, that's a big accomplishment uh, to be on Netflix because some of her favorites are on there. Like (laughs) Like Gabby and Cocoa Melon and things like that. So it's been neat. What a difference. You know, I always
0: ask what lessons you've learned and you've already shared some of them so beautifully. I want to go to one that says, uh, consistency
1: compounds, Mm. the small and the big things you do each day matter. Do Um, my husband really lives by that, and I've adopted that one as well, because some days when we can't just sit and drive the, the to-do list, every day matters to keep that ball rolling. And if you can just do a little something each day, it will compound into your dream.
0: You know, thank you for that, because uh, obviously so many business people watch this show, and leadership is, is all... Involved in it as you are such amazing one. So you just think about how that would translate into leaders today, those who are becoming more um, passionate about their own corporate climb or their own entrepreneur climb or business owners and so forth. So there's a lot of lessons in that. Mm. What would you say to someone who, because there are so many entrepreneurs now and more coming, (laughs) um, translate that to someone who's wanting to become an entrepreneur? It wasn't that long ago that that was your dream. Now you are one.
1: Mm. I mean, I think practically I would encourage them to have their vision written out and first of all read that every day their goal for themselves and their end goal there's something so powerful in putting that in front of you every day um, and then start backwards what you know what do i need to do to get to this goal um so that you can kind of funnel that out and then start from the bottom and come all the way up and try to mark those things off you know each day it might be each day it might take a month it might take a years um, but I think you, it is possible to achieve your dreams with discipline, with focus, with obedience to that call in your life. And that could be one email a day to a specific network, could be putting yourself out there with a phone call, networking meetings, hopping on a plane to do an in-person. Um, all those things compound um, and can get you to that place to achieve that dream. And I do believe that's possible. That's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And consistency, Mm -hmm. staying the course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The
0: other one you said, and you've just talked about, never give up on being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. of course. You talked about your anchor. Remember your anchor, and you were very articulate when you Mm -hmm. said that call from Kara, was Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. when you went out and did that photo shoot for that precious Mm -hmm. little baby? And then one you said, too, I thought was interested about staying rested, mm-hmm. staying rested so you can thrive in the season that you're in. Yeah,
1: I think this is something in the past year and a half that um, I had to learn the hard way. I sacrificed so much to get seven yards done. It, I, I joke, but I say it nearly killed me because I um, it was so high pressure um, and you know, trying to be a mom of young toddlers, making this massive movie come to life, a lot of it was on my shoulders. And so, um, after it was done, it it really did feel like a labor uh, that I went through, that I, yeah, it really felt like that. And um, I was was close to just being the most exhausted I've ever been, but I quickly recognized it, and I let myself catch my breath and let myself and made myself put more time to catch my breath and rest in that. And now I feel like I was able to to come out of that. And so I just think it's a good reminder for any entrepreneur, um, we are all go-getters. We work, we work, we drive, we drive, but just don't forget to take care of yourself because you're just gonna be empty for the people that need you the most. And we have to be filled for our family, for our spouses, um, the people we care about the most. So I just as if that's any encouragement to someone listening, um, it's okay to to make sure you take time for yourself. And it's hard and how busy we all are. Um, just don't forget to do that. I think that's so wise because
0: Katie, it's interesting to me, the executive coaching clients that I have, and they're, They're business owners, they're entrepreneurs, they're not the C-level all the time. So um, that's a wide swath of executive Mm -hmm. coaching, you know. But the bottom line is many people are on those Zoom calls. Mm. Zoom zombies, right? Including me. And we have to sometimes say no, or I can't be on that long, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is sometimes hard. So I thought that was a really good one. And of course you certainly have done The other one you said, which is dream big and follow those aspirations. I think, Katie, for many of us that are uh, my audience and for me too, sometimes we're not really sure what our calling is. Yours is so dramatic. You had no doubt. There was no way you could have a doubt. God just said, here, (laughs) and now you are one doing this fantastic work. And so for people who are maybe struggling right now with what is my purpose mm. what am i supposed to be doing i have a job <laughs> what would you say to them if you were giving advice as a coach
1: mm. i think so it's unfortunate so many of us are finding our identity in our work but i would start with your your personal life cuz your life matters and it's so important and to look around the people that you're responsible to care for and first find your anchor in in the person you are to them because that's your biggest purpose and when you look back on life you're not going to think oh i got i secured the sales deal or you know got this bonus it's going to be the way you loved and loved people and had your legacy so i'd first you know not think so big and just first think of your inner circle because that's where life is the most important and then um we all want to have a purpose and that it's so important because that's how we can live passionately be excited when we wake up in the day so i'm excited for that person that's looking and i would encourage you to keep looking i would encourage you to um, keep your eyes open your ears open and also remember you you have to actively be looking. It's not just going to come to you. You know, um, I did get a phone call, but I was actively growing to to get to that place, and now I can look back being prepared. So, um, if there's something that you know lights you up a little bit, I like that. just uh, my my one of my art teachers used to say, "What lights you up inside? Uh-huh. Go for that. Just go." Spend some time there and explore that and and then start there. Um, You know, it's going to take time, but you will get on that path and you'll look back and you'll be so grateful that you um, went on that journey to find that. And you'll live a fuller life with um, living with a passion and calling. And it's possible for everybody. We're all created for different roles.
0: Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Every single person watching or listening Mm. can find that. Yes. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. But you will find it if, like you said, you're looking. Mm-hmm. And if, too, as someone that was on the show said once, put yourself in the place of greatest potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your time networking, networking, networking. Yeah. You know, be really focused on who are those people that are going to help me light the flame that's in me in the area Absolutely. that I have some interest in.
1: And, um, and don't miss your life looking for, you know, don't miss the day-to-day until you get there, too. Because the our life matters every day, especially, especially to the people in your in your family in that circle. Um, and, and that's just, important. Because that's all we know we have. And yes. if you lose that, you've lost everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Katie, this has been incredible. I knew it would. Oh. Thank you so much for being on the show and audience. You can see mm-hmm. in the uh, bottom of the screen information about Katie and how you, she can be reached. If someone has a story that they mm-hmm. want to
1: reach out to you, mm-hmm. Uh, what would you tell them? Yes. um, We love to hear your stories and we are in a listening season of going through applications and nominations right now. So you can go on our site at photolanthropy.com, and you could submit your story. And um, we're looking for stories of all kinds um, of someone that has overcome adversity. Um, So please reach out to us and we're excited to for our team to grow, our organization to grow, so we can bring people more stories.
0: And I think you can see, those of you who are watching the show, you can see the light. I said she is a light. You can see the light just glowing all around her. It just emanates. And that's when you know it's so real and so authentic. So I want to uh, give you a little bit more uh, information before we leave the show today, and I I really want to invite you to ask yourself some questions, and this is kind of back to authentic leadership and the good work that you do every day and that I'm passionate about doing, which is building authentic leaders and people like Katie, who are out there inspiring the world with these incredible stories of overcoming adversity. So from a business perspective, here's a few questions just to consider. When you think of a brand, your brand, I would ask first of all, do you have one? (laughs) Do you have a brand, all right? And then secondly, can you articulate it? Can you articulate your brand clearly? And then what does your image, say about you? What does your presence say when you walk into a room? How you walk, act, talk, everything about you. You communication, no, it's much more than how you look. It's everything about you, how you show up. What does that say about you? Well, if you want to have more impact and influence with the people in your company, with your employees, with your team, even with your family, Because, frankly, branding is 24-7, then I will give you this information based on the answers you just gave to yourself. It's interesting. Actually, there's a survey done of 3,000 people, and I have continued that survey in every leadership workshop or webinar I do. And the results of asking some of those questions are this, 53% say they have a brand, 53%. Yes, I have a brand, (laughs) 73% say, say, 73% say they can't articulate it. Well, there's a disconnect, isn't there? And 48% say they're not sure if they have a brand. Where do you fall? So what I'm saying to you is this. If you really want to authentically make your mark and make it count, please send me a message. Here's my email. Pick up the phone. Call me. I'm on LinkedIn. I would love to help you bring success to everything you're doing, personally and professionally. That's my job. And I'd love to add you as a client. Now, I always leave with a Valerieism, and here it is for today. When you think you have problems, look around. I wonder how I got that. (laughs) But isn't it true? There are way too many complaints going on, folks. It's still the pandemic. I know that. Get over it. We're tired of talking about it. We're tired of watching it. So raise your head up. Get your spirits lifted. There are so many people who have it worse than you. Look around. Do something good for somebody else. Have some gratitude. Think of five things every day you're grateful for. Start the day with that and end with it. And I think your problems will diminish. That's my Valerieism for today. Until next time, have a sip of coffee.